Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. All right, jump off with us. Um, But as we start off, just kind of staying in that attitude of prayer, um, I just want us to kind of do this all together. Let's just close your eyes and just try to picture or imagine or sense the majesty of God. The majesty of God, His royal sovereign power. His grandeur. His greatness and splendor. Lord, I pray, Lord, this morning that you would open our eyes to see you for who you really are. God, lift us up out of our diminished view of you and captivate our hearts with your greatness. God, your majesty, let us spend these next handful of weeks together as we look upon the incomparable God, the indescribable God. Lord, I pray that we would be captivated and that we would capture a high view of you, something that, God, our culture has tossed aside. And I pray that we would just be in line, our hearts and our minds and our thoughts, to be in line with true reality, which is you, God, and to help us to see you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A little exercise. I um, Just that word majesty. We sing about it in a few songs at church, but we really don't hear that uh, from day to day. Uh, I grew up in Colorado, and I used to spend my summers uh, hiking way back in the mountains with my friends uh, in high school. And uh, the first time, I'd spend a lot of time hiking Uh, But never had I gotten to a place where I had hiked up to a peak to look out all around. And so after quite a few uh, camping trips, my buddy pitched this idea, hey, let's go to the top uh, above Timberline and let's hit the top of this mountain and then come down and camp later that day. I said, hey, that sounds great. And so the normal hike was normal. It was just a bunch of trees, a bunch of dirt, a bunch of foliage, uh, ground cover, same hike as every other hike. But yet, when I peered through that group of trees for the first time and the sky opened up and you begin to see all around you in a way that I had never experienced before, I was just struck with the awe of God and his creation. And I feel like for some of us, uh, we live our lives just hiking and never get a chance to see uh, from kind of an elevated view, a high view. So you and I find ourselves in a time where over the past few generations, the church has surrendered her once superior conception of God 
and has substituted it for one so low, so base, as to be quite unworthy of thinking and worshiping men and women of God. Little by little, almost imperceptibly, as culture continues to progress away from God, the church, by and large, has embraced a low view of Him. With this diminished view, we lose our sense of God's majesty. We lose our passionate, our passionate awe, and we lose our awareness of God's presence in our day-in, day-out life. There's a phrase in the Old Testament that says, be still and know that I am God. It's very hard for some of us in this generation to be able to even comprehend that phrase It means almost next to nothing, next to the self-confident, self-reliant, busy, distracted worshiper of today. If we want spiritual power in our lives, you and I need to see God as nearly, as closely as he truly is, and not a caricature, or not a paper mache facsimile, or not a mirage of the real thing. And so maybe one of the most crucial facts about any person is maybe not what they at any given moment may say or do, but what they in their deepest part of their heart conceives God to be like. If it is of utmost importance that you, it is of utmost importance that you and I grow and gain a real view of God, which may be lying under a bunch of rubbish of modern and postmodern versions of God that you may have grown up hearing or accepting. It's my opinion that a significant portion of Christians' current conceptions of God is so decadent as to be utterly beneath the dignity of the Most High God. A little heavy intro. But one to kind of just wake us up to the fact that maybe, just maybe, the way you and I conceive of God is maybe far less than the Scriptures reveal. Amen? So to imagine, to view, to perceive, or to relate to God as he is, is where we're going with this series. And I hope that God explodes who he is over our understanding, over our view, over our conception or idea of who he is. In the Old Testament, when the Spirit uh, desired to acquaint Ezekiel, he was a prophet in the Old Testament, as he was desiring to expose him or to show him something that lied beyond what he knew, Ezekiel finds himself looking at that which he found no language to describe. In Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel saw heaven opened up, and he beheld visions of God, visions of angels, God's Elohim, and then he sees a vision of God himself. But it's something so wholly different than what he had ever seen before. He falls back upon the language of resemblance to try to describe what he was seeing. And I want us to look at how Ezekiel, again, he's just a man who's trying to see who God is. And yet God, re- and in this moment, God revealed himself to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 1, 26, listen to just how Ezekiel describes what he's seeing. And it says, we're kind of picking up in the middle of this vision, and it says, above the expanse over their heads, over the angels that he was seeing heads, there was the likeness of a throne, in appearance like sapphire, 
and seated above the likeness of a throne was a likeness with a human appearance. And upward from what had the appearance of his waist, I saw as it were gleaming metal, like the appearance of fire enclosed all around. And downward from what had the appearance of his waist, I saw as it were the appearance of fire, and there was brightness all around him, like the appearance of a bow or a bow that is in the cloud in the sky of rain. So was the appearance of the brightness all around. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face. So here's this, this man who's just trying to use language to describe what he's seeing. And so in order to convey that, he's employing words such as likeness, appearance, as it were, and the best that I love, the likeness of the appearance. It's like, man, a double. Hey, I, I'm just trying here. I'm trying with my words to describe the glory of God that I'm seeing. So like Ezekiel, men and women the world over have yearned to know the unknowable, they, to comprehend the incomprehensible, to see and experience the unapproachable. Even though mankind has rebelled, the soul senses its home and longs for its return home. So how can this be apprehended in a person's life? And the scriptures definitively declare simply through Jesus Christ. God reveals who he is through the person of Jesus. Paul said it in Corinthians 1.5, he says, or Colossians, he says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. God became man and revealed himself, who he is, what his character is like, how he views things, how he views reality, how he views the power structures of the world, all that God reveals who he is through Christ. 14th century writer Richard Rolla wrote this, God is of infinite greatness more than we think, unknowable by created things and can never be comprehended by us as he is in himself before glory. But even in the here and now, whenever the heart begins to burn with a desire for God, he is made able to receive the uncreated light Inspired and fulfilled by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he tastes the joys of heaven. He transcends all visible things and is raised to the sweetness of God's eternal life. Through Christ, mankind can now know the unknowable, can comprehend the incomprehensible, and can approach the unapproachable. Through Christ, you and I can encounter God, can hear from God, can receive from God, can we, we can see his love, grace, and power flow in us and through us to others. And yet today, things like consumerism, secularism, materialism, and the, our, our intrusive presence of things in our life, they have seemingly put out the light in our souls and turned us into a generation of zombies. And yet here is the most high God 
declaring to the all of creation who he is and blasting an invitation to all to come. Experience the God of all creation. So what possible importance or meaning is the majesty or greatness of God in a world such as this or in a time that we are in? It's because you and I are the handiwork of God. That's why, that's why this is important. For reasons only known to himself, God honored man above all other beings by creating him in his own image. Man for all his genius is but an echo of the original voice. He's a reflection of the uncreated light. Not only man, but everything that exists came out of and is dependent upon the creator of it all. John said it this way, in the beginning the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, describing Christ. But then he goes on, God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. This is how John explains it, how grand and great and self-existent God is. For Paul, he agrees. Colossians 1, we read the prior verse, verse 16, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. What an amazing verse by Paul. To this witness, the writer of Hebrews adds his voice, testifying of Christ. Hebrews 1.3 says, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. You and I need to recapture this truth that it is Christ in God that holds all things together. He is the one that made everything that we see. He is the one that designed you and me in this time and space to worship him and bring him glory and to see his kingdom expand. To come to a place where we could admit that there is one beyond us who exists outside of our categories, who will not be dismissed by a mere name, who will not appear before our measure of reason, who will not submit to our curious inquiries. This requires a great deal of humility, more than many possess, to humble ourselves and realize that there is a creator beyond my understanding that created you and I. And so we save face by this unknown, by thinking God down to our level where we can manage him. It's what we do. <laughs> we reduce God down to something that we can manage or that we control or that we can know is there when we really need him. But to be captivated by the true vision and view of God. Left to ourselves, we straight away move to reduce God to a manageable term. When he's diminished in our hearts, we naturally turn not to God, but we turn to grand substitutes, a.k.a. idols that our heart turns to when we diminish God or think that he is other than he is. Our hearts begin to turn 
to poor substitutes to try to fill the void that only God can fill. And so idolatry, in its essence, is libel on God's character. The idolatrous heart assumes that God is other than he is, and this in and itself is a monstrous sin. And substitute it for the one true God, for one that's made in man's own likeness. Romans 1, 21, Paul said this to the Romans, when they knew God, let's read that again, when they knew God, not when they didn't know, but when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God. They had diminished, they had lowered God in their sight, neither were they thankful. And they became vain in their imaginations. It's interesting how Paul could comment on something so acutely in his generation when we look around and see the same thing. And maybe that's the nature of man liking being on his throne, liking being a rebel against God. But don't let a vain imaginations give yourselves over to lies about God, ourselves or reality. And so we're going to look at different aspects of who God is, his nature, his character, that we might find ourselves gazing in wonder at the great I am, for truly be still and know that he is God. And this whole series is time for us to just pause and view the perfect, to view the grand, to view the God who made us. And there's different aspects that throughout over the past hundred years, we've lost our awe, our passion, and mainly it's because we have a low view of God. But if we can recapture a high view of how the scriptures describe who God is, it's amazing how many things that writes, not only in our heart, but in the world around us. So with that, you and I, one of the deepest obligations we have as his church is to cleanse and elevate our concept of God until it is once more worthy of him. You and I do the greatest service to the next generation by passing on to them an undimmed and undiminished view of God that is revealed in his word. Amen? So that's where we're headed. I'm super excited about this series. So let's pray. Father, I pray that we would be captivated and captured again by the greatness of you, by the bigness of you. God, I thank you that you are the creator that you are. God, that you existed before we were ever even thought. But God, we find our origin story in you. And God, we don't really understand ourselves until we find our true source, our true home, which is you. God, if there's any of us here, God, that have yet to find our home, God, we've been wandering God, we've been rebelling. God, we've been trying to be on our own throne, kind of trying to create our own utopia. 
Father, pray that we'd come to a place that we would realize that is impossible without God. So, Lord, I pray that, Lord, if there's us here that have yet to find home, God, I pray that we would come home today. God, that we would find ourselves at home with the creator of it all today. So I just invite you, if you haven't found a home in God, just pray this, like, God, here I am. I've been running from you. I've been searching after truth and searching after you, but God, my heart is still left empty. God, come today and fill my life. God, I turn from my past. I turn from my brokenness. I don't embrace that any longer. I fall out of agreement with that, and I turn to agree with you. God, that you came to rescue me, to redeem me, to restore me to you. So pray, God, I pray that for those of us here, God, if, that, if that's us, God, today would be the day. But God, then there's a, I feel like there's a whole other group of us, God, here today that, Lord, we may have in the past had a sense or a glimpse or a, that we were, we were awe-inspired with who you were. God, we were awe, we're just coming to know a God that you are like. God, we may have become too familiar with the greatness of you. We may have become too casual or too flippant, and maybe we've agreed with a lower view of who you are, one more carnal and common than the majestic, pure, holy God that you are. Father, I pray that over this next season, God, you'd take our heart and reveal that we would behold the true and living God. Lord, where words fail us, I pray that your spirit would make up the difference. God, let your spirit reveal yourself to us in very real ways. And Lord, let us not bow to giving in to poor substitutes. When God, you have given access to the real thing, which is you. So Lord, I pray that even this week, God, that you would awaken our heart, Lord, to the poor substitute and awaken us and help us lean in to the real thing, which is you, almighty God, the most high one. Lord, help us, help us. We need you. We are weak, frail, broken. So Lord, I pray that your pursuing faithful love would do this in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org. And we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.